0: I would pay probably upwards of 100 quid and watch Eric Cantona walk on stage put his collar up say the seagulls line and then just stand there for an
1: hour and a half
2: OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app
1: Just a slight tangent on, on that <laughs> this, is a, this is far too much of a tangent Just a brief interruption can I also say one more thing on this, But But uh, we also need to impose some rules. Like, we can't just have 20-minute tangents over a text. Come on. This is refusal to consider the circumstances. I'm not going to entertain that, Joe. This conversation is not a good one, I think. Do we argue much? No. Right, we it. keep them inside. Let fester. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought this was a ridiculous text until I read the top three, and then I thought, oh, you on. know what, oh, yeah. I'd actually debate that with you. It is an interesting... Sorry, it's not an interesting question, but... Uh, <laughs> Let's make that clear.
2: <laughs> I love the sound of a snooker referee counting up the score.
1: Here we go again. They said it couldn't be done five in a row. Everybody, a slight tangent is coming at you for a fifth time in a row. That is where standards have plummeted to. Michael McCarthy is here alongside me. Hello, Michael. Kerry didn't do Kenny couldn't do it Kilkenny couldn't do it.
0: Will we get to seven and beat the Dubs?
1: Willow Callaghan. Hello. Even lads. And Arthur o Hello. Hi, Joe. What's going on, everybody? Uh, this is the slot where the OTB FMPM team chat through whatever. Tends to arise And a slight tangent At com Is a helpful crutch On which we can rely In lieu of Production meetings Which we said We were going to do Yeah well, we said it We say it every week And they're not happening With the same Intensity I'd hoped
3: for Today's one lasted Four minutes Yeah there was a lot of Vigor in that four minutes though. There was, a lot was We've on. got nothing What are we going to do <laughs> We don't have much time Because the show's <laughs> on OK,
1: let's get straight into it then and we'll find our way. So uh, first email is from Sheelan Strain, who says, Joe et al. Long time, first time. Let's get straight to it. I like that start. Why are people from Kerry incapable of saying their own players' names correctly? I thought it was an intriguing first line. Is there a collective blind spot to the letter O in Sean O'Shea's name? <laughs> <laughs> are the O'Shea brothers actually just the Shays? Worse still, the main culprits are Mark and Thomas. <laughs> Tomas. Uh, Shawnee Shea, this. Aiden Shea, that. Killian Connor, the other. FFS lads, have they no shame? And another thing, why does Jack O'Connor talk like the game he's just watched was a hypothetical? We wouldn't be happy with that performance. Anyway, love ah, the show. Sheelan no, Strain. He's not
3: alone in that one, though, Joe. A lot <laughs> of managers do that.
1: Ah, uh, the Shea's. Like Digger Kerry, where's Sheelan from? I don't know. Never heard that name before. Doesn't say Sheelan Strain. Yeah. Sounds like a fake name, actually. Uh, Sheelan Strain. Yeah, I think Sheelan's done us there. <laughs> <laughs> Shawnee Shea. Aiden Shea. Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. I can I, hear it now that you say it.
0: Yeah. Is it just for Kerry people? I don't know. I think we
2: give
1: that oh, a
0: Short shrift. I've, I've never heard anyone say Killian Connor. No. No, it has never been said. Shawnee Shea now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They do say Aiden Shea, but he's half Kerry. So I think they feel like they're
1: justified in dropping the O there. I don't know I've nothing more to say about it <laughs> We'll press on Intriguing Keep that an ear, ear out for folks It's definitely
3: not just him though A lot of GA managers do that What? We the old classic We wouldn't be happy With how we played today ah, It's an
1: Irishism isn't it though? A little bit yeah You know we, It's just one of those things So we have an email in from New Zealand uh, The emailer starts with Hi Dr. OD and the rest of you Ooh. Ooh. Shots fired
0: Okay. Oh, possibly not. How come? How do you know? How How do you know that Arthur's not his favorite one?
3: Oh, I he suspect. could very well be, but
1: you know, he may well be. Are you a doctor? Yeah. You know I am. Yeah. <laughs> like not PhD, a me- not a medical man. <laughs> no, I, I, am I, I not fully okay with how that works. From the humanities, but, uh yeah. yeah we yeah, only yeah. call a
0: fake when we're talking to Arthur. Of course, any guest that we have on the show, like five minutes ago, very much real doctor. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, would, you, would you have doctor on any of your no, identifications?
2: No, no, no. It is funny. I was, I was, I'm going away soon. I was having to sign in or log in for for a flight, and the option did come up. I was like, oh, I was like, no, no, don't don't do it there. <laughs> is there a that's, doctor on the plane? That's not what they want. We know what it is. That's not what they want.
1: I know. I am. I am. Yeah. So everybody who <laughs> completes a PhD is a doctor.
2: Uh, yeah, I think so. You're a doctor of something. So I think mine's technically a doctor of philosophy. Was it fell under. Didn't do for lot. It's not that, but it's just a broader scheme of things. But that's it. And can we read your PhD anywhere? Your yeah, yeah, it's online. How w- might we find it? I like give you on to look up. Arthur James a D. It'll be called Older Than Younger Now, Bob Dylan. That'll get you there. Oh, find it. I didn't know what a title? that. Which institution was it in, Arthur? Yeah,
1: sorry. Which DCU? institution? DCU, DCU, DCU. DCU. And what would be the gist? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> give us,
2: give us the. I
1: get in time, <laughs> I'll get it open. Give I'll us read the front
0: page.
2: <laughs> I'll read the abstract. It's the elevator pitch. Yeah. Uh, no, no. What
0: would Joe put on it if he was if he was writing if you knew him? Then he'd write at the front of the book. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You'll have to go and read
1: it. It's been a while now. I have to O'D no. Doctor o. d. pierces the consciousness of Dylan like nobody else. No. 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 no, no. <laughs> Why not? That's a nice one. He's already got a, That's a dust cover for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Doesn't matter what the book is. i would sell.
2: Uh, yeah, it's funny what the thing's trying to sell. It's hard to sell it. You'd have to change it a good bit. It's hardly something people do, I suppose. I, th- I think sometimes it can be like in a postdoctoral thing where you go on and do a bit more work, but oh, you'd have to change a lot if you were selling it for trade, as they call it. Yeah. It's just too much... Uh, it's not It's not written in a kind of style that you would be necessarily the most enjoyable to read. Right. Like it's. It has to be very... There's n- like Not that you necessarily want too flowery anything, but it w- you really can't
1: okay. go too eloquent with anything. You're kind of sober. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, anyway, <coughs> I didn't oh sorry, I didn't know you were a doctor of philosophy.
2: Well that's yeah that that's what it falls under. That's I, I presume there's other music everything. You know what I mean, but that's what that fell under, yeah. Yeah. And uh, why Dylan by the way? Why not? Um True. just that's <laughs> just what it's what I was into and it was opened up in front of me, so. And did you love Dylan more or less by the end of it? Um I mean greater appreciation. Okay. Yeah. Still enjoy it like immensely. Can we
0: What would you say you got more into Bob Dylan or Limerick?
2: In no, the process Bob, of Bob Dylan, it's incomparable. It's incomparable with the amount of <laughs> things you have to go through for it. It's just like I remember moving house one of the times before, counting out the books. There's it's upwards of 30, 40 plus like books on Bob Dylan. Yeah. And like so, a lot of them are like without being too disparaging, like a lot of them are useless, but you have to read them. You have to do everything. You know what I mean? But a lot of it is a lot of it's kind of like there's because with someone like that, there's the whole Um, artistic side of what they're doing but then there's also on the other side of that the whole celebrity side of it and a lot of the celebrity stuff would be quite trashy but you still can't completely overlook it because it does ultimately bleed back into
1: what's going on Are we talking Hello Magazine kind of trashy oh yeah yeah you would yeah yeah like over the course of 60 years Can we maybe I don't know around Christmas time or quiet spell in the year chat with you some evening about Dylan (laughs) Can you give me some prep time you're a doctor on Dylan. No, I know, but it depends what you want to talk about. You don't want to come in half cocked. Well, that is true. I mean, you wouldn't know it from the first eight minutes of a slight I was going to say the uh, exact same thing. We would never do that now. <laughs> uh, anyway, hi, Dr. O'Dea and the rest of you. LTFT, two questions. I was intrigued last uh, week when there was immediate dismissal, which guilty there was, immediate dismissal of the Netflix Tour de France Unchained documentary as, quote, we are inundated with these things now end quote, as an excuse, uh, rather than actually having thoughts on it. For context, I would call myself a casual golf observer rather than a fan, but I did take the time to watch a bit of the Netflix series. However, I didn't find it exceptionally compelling, not nearly to the level of Drive to Survive or this Tour de France version. I think the reason probably being there is no actual physical danger to the participants involved in golf. The Tour de France version highlights the speeds, e.g. episode one uh, showing the descent down a mountain of a rider at 105 kilometers per hour and road conditions involved with the associated danger major crashes major injuries etc making it a much more compelling show in my opinion disclaimer I would consider myself a cycling fan but would be really interested in the thoughts of cycling observers rather than fans that was his first uh, question I'll get to question uh to in a moment I I, I, you, part one
3: yeah. Joe is that we had general fatigue about sports documentaries I don't think we were dismissing it because it was yeah, cycling last week
0: he's definitely wrong on that like we didn't dismiss it uh, as in to say like you know that's our review we don't want to watch it it was a we just didn't have time to, yeah. to watch as such mm-hmm. We look, got a someone, lot of good reviews us, for it.
1: Someone had asked us if we had watched it. That was how it
0: came and It was just a throwaway text, I think, yeah. We didn't uh, present it
1: as it. Here's our review. <laughs> exactly. Unchained.
0: Loads of messages, actually, about it, um, since we oh. did talk about it last week, and all, like, very, very, this is good. This is one worth watching. So, look, to be honest, if it okay. comes up at a slight tangent, we don't know about it. You tell us about it. You know, At least it's changed my mind now that I am willing to uh, to I check don't. it out. I haven't yet, okay, but there's been a lot on.
3: I got a DM where they said it's as good as the first season of Drive to Survive, which was obviously critically acclaimed. And that was enough for sale that I've downloaded on my phone. I haven't actually watched it yet, but I have the first three episodes downloaded to watch it. Sometimes. You watch Netflix on your phone? Sometimes, yeah, or the iPads in bed mainly, rather than, say, being out on the TV. Depends. Uh, second question from New Zealand Donald in New Zealand here
1: Secondly and not related in any way What happens in the ad breaks When you're interviewing people? <laughs> uh, do, you, do you have a chat with them? Go for a tea break etc I'm particularly thinking of Tricky feisty interviews As recent examples Go for a mind. tea break How long do you think the ads are? When the ads roll Is it awkward silence Or is it a discussion About what you're going to talk about Post ad break Love the show Daily listener from the future Donal Why did he single Please. me out? He's just a fan of you Neither of these
2: questions, I, I can answer the second one, and I, the first one.
0: I, Do you talk to people in the ads? Uh, if you don't know them well, like obviously if oh you're yeah. here, here with like Dan or whatever, you'll be having like a chat. keys and grey, I try to put them at ease.
1: Because
0: I've been on the other <laughs> side of that. I've been in radio studios where I'm sitting there in like stony silence, and the first time the presenter talks to you is
1: when the red light comes up. I know. Oh, oh yeah, it happens more than you think. Now, if somebody was very busy and they were frantically trying to get on top of something, but you might I'm turn- Sorry, that's always the reason.
0: It's yeah. not rudeness, but it's very awkward sitting there waiting. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I don't know. There's no small talks. There's no kind of like... And then suddenly, do you know what, do you know what the difference is? If you're... Me and you are talking now when you come on and it, it feels like a normal conversation. There's a trigger in your brain when you haven't had any contact with someone and they've been kind of like not looking at you. And then suddenly, hey, Mick, how are you doing? Are you well? well. You start to feel like you're acting. Mm. A little bit. Now, it, it wears away, but it's, it's it's actually, I think, a very important thing to sort of talk to someone a little bit during the ad break or yeah. before the interview, I think, is a more relevant thing. We don't really have too many times so where we we'll would be sitting there yeah. during a live interview in an ad break with the same
3: guest there. I would have thought it's just good manners to welcome someone in and have a certain amount of small talk, no matter how experienced or inexperienced they are. And look, most people do try to do that. It's, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a few people in my head and
0: they wouldn't do it all the time. Mm or anything like, it. it's for the reasons that Joe suggests, like... Yeah. Well, on the TV.
1: During the ad breaks? Yeah. It's a bit more, because it's always kind of live. I suppose you're always just there. We're just chatting during the game the whole time anyway. Mm-hmm. And then the ad breaks are fairly frantic because you're... What piece of analysis will we do? It's a fairly um, rushed... Yeah, it's... Three or four minutes before a half-time analysis is frantic. <laughs> Who's doing what? We're going to have to drop that. Do not have enough time? So it's a bit full How on. How many people are
2: involved in that beyond just the four ye
1: on screen? Um, quite a few the yeah. producer the director so that he or she knows what we're playing and when the people cutting it TV is very I mean it's uh, it's quite dense. interesting because it, it, it like it very ever rarely goes wrong
2: like you, you know the way like in that type of dynamic like you tend to notice when something goes wrong yeah it should go wrong more actually yeah yeah that's interesting I didn't know there was that many people on, on board
1: with it yeah that's oh. the, the glory and the frustration of TV is you need so many people in sync so it doesn't make it very adaptable Okay. But it can be enjoyable if it's going well.
3: I would think the scenario that was mentioned about the idea that an interview gets a bit hot and heavy yeah. and then it's going to a break and then you have to sit there with them. I would say that happens very, very rarely. Yeah. like Usually the, that's towards the end of an interview if it's going to turn out that way.
1: Yeah, you don't you don't tend to go hard and heavy early because you don't want the interview to end. So, but um, I don't know. Yeah, it's... it's. Uh,
3: I, w- I, I, I can only ever think of one where I was an interview that got a bit... Heated and it had to go to the news because it had already leaked over the top of the hour, yeah. and that was weird because you're sitting there with them for three minutes after there's been a back and forth. Who was that? But generally, that's towards the end of interview. it. Was yeah. it, was, was it was a same politician same. a good few years ago. Politician. And so then now. are many former lives. Yeah, indeed. In, in that case, you <laughs> see, I don't really mind it either because a no, politician, politician expects to be challenged yeah. and it's part of it. It's the game. But I think if you had a standard guest it and you had a tremendous <laughs> row and then went, just going to throw to a break, see in four minutes, that would be weird.
1: Yeah, I found generally there's a degree afterwards of look. Just doing our job. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Do you ever apologize? <laughs> mm not apologize, but Explain yourself. Fuck, yeah. Yeah. You've never have you ever had a show where like a standard guest it goes horrifically wrong and it gets really heated? No. Can't think of too many. I don't think so. <laughs> you could have an example for that. that no, mean... I don't think so.
1: Mm. Um Hey, Joe and the Jets, long time first time. I know Joe and the Jets. You're not a <laughs> no. fan of longer emails, so I'll keep this one brief. Basically, I'm no longer sure I can keep on supporting Roy McIlroy. I've rarely been as disappointed as I have been on Sunday night or on watching him come so close yet again to a major win, only for some entirely unheralded outsider to come along and beat him. I know it's sport, I know it's meritocracy, but it doesn't feel right. I want nothing but the best for him. Uh, it's like sounding like an Adele song now (laughs) and though I sound like a scorned lover here it's just so painful watching him not fulfil what we all know he should be achieving which is the great frustration anyway more of a statement than a question I guess but am I alone here all the best Craig and Waterford I would not think so everybody stayed up to watch it I think did they? Yeah Yeah. Yeah. you two did Yeah. I didn't think you would Dr Uh, O'D
2: I wasn't planning on it I kind of set myself a thing that if it gets to a point I think after anywhere after the ninth. After Clark passed the ninth, if he went out any further than two. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'll leave it there. But then he just got right back in and it's like, Oh my <laughs> god, I couldn't leave it then. Um I was good at it as well. Mm. Absolutely good at it. I don't have that much skin in that game, but like it's just you want him so bad to do it. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. Lots of people don't.
0: Yeah. I think he's a very divisive. Not figure that around. many anymore, I don't think. Okay. Well I I look I could be wrong about that and I'm just going but with my anecdotal evidence, but I felt like he had universal support.
1: Oh no come Sunday anyway. I think there's like um, I think the same people who want Stephen Kenny to not do well are the same yeah. people who tweet me when Rory doesn't uh, do we, well are oh, people revelling in this
0: do we chain? have to worry
1: about what they say no
0: do you know I just think there's a negativity out there that's like attention seeking and hmm.
1: weird now that's not the only reason I think there's a certain relish um, on the part of many people where there's a degree of this guy gets all the media attention all the media love push comes to shove he's a baller <laughs> yeah that's like there's a relish in that kind of it. Yeah.
0: Is he a bottler though?
2: Lucy, <sighs> are you always a bottler? Can you win and still be a bottler?
0: Did he bottle it on Sunday? It was a weird, weird, weird round. round. Like weird round.
1: I don't think he bottled it. You bottle
0: somebody. it more with the with the long clubs than you do with the putter, don't you? Like he never he missed two putts that he absolutely should have got. That's normal
1: over uh, the course of that kind of round, and nothing dropped for him. Isn't that fair to say? It is. And Saturday was a very similar theme. He was 42nd in putting overall in the competition. Just can't win a competition 42nd. It shows how good he was to green. I mean, he struck the ball as beautifully in a major as he has in a very long time, including on Sunday. I mean, the reason there is such media attention on him is because he can do things that most of the players can't, not least with the long irons. Like even on the 11th commentary, we're saying the part three 11th, 295 yards Will he hold this one against the wind? Or will he draw it in? Yeah, bit of danger to the right if he tries to draw it in. And he just stood up, drew it in beautifully. Andrew Coltart was saying, a four iron, 295 yards. <laughs> and again, like on every other hole, bar about two of them, he was within 25 feet. So it was like, you have a 15% chance of making this putt in isolation. And he didn't make any of them. And it was the same on Saturday. He didn't make any of them. And individually, none of them were super makeable. His proximity to the hole wasn't great, but it's a tough golf course and where I hate the term bottler, like he's Roy McIlroy, he's won four majors, he's done extraordinary things under pressure, but the 14th where he didn't find the fairway the par five and then he, from 125 yards, he stuck it into the face of that bunker mm. and then he got the unbelievable break of a drop, took the drop and it was a very bad chip and then he missed the putt from nine feet for par and by contrast, you know, when the tournament is there to be won, like this is it. You have to win it. Wyndham Clark found the fairway on the same hole and hit his three, got 279 yards and basically gave himself the, the comfort blanket of being able to make bogey bogey and still win the tournament. Like call him a botter if you want. I think that's just a bit crude and, and just too harsh. But like there is a degree of you were in control in many ways for a lot of the day it was there to be one on that hole the one birdie chance in the back nine and you made three mistakes on it the drive the layup the chip the putt actually that's four mistakes I don't know what that is but it's a problem for him and it was very interesting that um, a journalist who works for no laying up was standing near McElroy at the scoring tent and he overheard Rory turn to his manager Sean and say St Andrew's all over again oh, what a grim think that is like the level of scar tissue is building on more scar tissue and more scar tissue and, and St Andrews was that he couldn't hold a put all day he mm. had a lot of greens couldn't hold a put I don't know what he is it's, it was a confusing tournament and he's having a confusing decade your, your point on the
0: 14th is well made right but for the rest of it I do you know you're, you're saying like Rory can do things that nobody else can do it was one of those things that was feck all used to him at the weekend because he was he was able to get within 30 feet on holes that nobody else could get within 60. Yeah. Right? But you can still two put from 60 feet and you're unlikely to hold a 30 footer. Yeah. And that happened I'd say eight times. Yeah. in the on Sunday. So it was like he was doing these magic, but it wasn't it, it wasn't he wasn't missing. He wasn't doing anything wrong to come out with the same score as Scheffler as uh as, as Clark and as the other boys. Yeah. Like you know, on the same hole. That was the problem, you know, he was just they were getting up and down well. Yeah but Rory was just, just missing his birdie putt from yeah. thirty, And like, that we, happens so often that it's hard to say that it was anything to do with mentality or anything like that. Now, the 14th, I agree, I think that, first, that was his first and bad and the, drive he the hit the The four-footer on eight. Yes. But he's always going to miss a putt like yeah, that, yeah, though, isn't he, over the course in a of a day? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the idea that he wouldn't have any mistakes either, you know, I do think that third shot in 14 was, I think he was saying, I need a birdie in this hole, and if he had had that, an extra, you know... Well, if however many
1: inches it needed to clear the bunker, then it was probably going to be perfect. It's it's it was a very tin cup explanation, whereby he said he was between clubs and he decided to go with the long, you know, the 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 gap wedge as opposed to sand wedge, just a three quarter shot. And he said, I hit it was the right shot and it was the right club. I just hit it at the wrong time. There was a a gust of wind at its strongest. Then I should have waited the fifteen twenty seconds for it to settle, and then if I hit that shot, perfect. Yeah. These are the grim fine margins he has to stew on now that's what I mean
0: I just wonder is like that we just like ah, he's a bottler or you know these conversations about like teams winning and losing by a point and some, sometimes yeah. we can just we can just de- de- declare something so one side or the other based on such small margins but in there sport is, there you
1: know? is akin to Stephen Kenny and I guess we should talk Kenny this week as well again in isolation that weekend absolutely St Andrews in isolation absolutely the last 10 years add it all up there's a bit of a trend is the thing
0: yeah fair enough going to your initial point about his popularity and everything like that like uh, I don't stay up until 3 o'clock in the morning to watch sporting events anymore you know I don't really care it just doesn't happen I was up again at half 6 on Monday morning with the kids and then working till 10 o'clock last night, it's it's a no-no. Mm. And I just, there was it wasn't like I was, I was trying to stay awake or that I was, uh, I could not, not watch. It was, there was a pounding in the chest and that's like something that only you can do when I think probably an Irish sports person is on the biggest stage, on the world stage, doing something like that. And McElroy has that, I think, for us in a way that I don't know, I think that's grown. I, I would say over the last
1: four years, I would say. Because I feel there is a, a disconnect there that isn't there with Larry or Harrington for geographical reasons, actually. Yeah, I think if he was Rory from Tullamore, but I just right feel I, I kind McElroy. of think it's
0: past, has
1: it? Yeah.
2: I've always preferred McElroy. I mean, present company excluded. The thing with like the Lowry thing, I, it always doesn't like it doesn't feel like you're dealing with someone of the same caliber. There's that thing where Lowry is almost. <clears throat> more typically Irish in terms of a more typically Irish sports person insofar as has achieved something remarkable in winning what he won but it is not of a calibre where you're like All this time guy great. is yeah he should win otherworldly whereas with, I, I just think maybe that feeds into I don't know you could be right about the geographic thing as well maybe if it was maybe I, if he it was I don't it, know it, particularly it's hard to know
0: yeah but it is I think you're right though in that it's it, they're very like Harrington you know, got every out last ounce out of his game and did, mm. you know, like to win three majors, you know, for, and, and to even do what he's still doing <laughs> today yeah. is remarkable. And Lowry, I think, yeah, so it's like in some ways an overachiever, you would say. like a, that's no, I, Whereas I, with Rory, you have someone who is probably the best in the world or at least can be yeah. uh, on, on a consistent basis. In a way, though, who else do we have even in sport on that level? Yeah. Katie
3: Taylor, yeah. you know, that's it. Is the connection different maybe for golf fans versus, say, non-golf fans around Rory McIlroy? So to Arthur's exact point, I would say there's a lot of non, say, partisan golf fans who would be big Harrington or Shane Lowry fans. And the everyman sense of things definitely helps when it comes to Lowry. Mm. Well, I would think a lot of golf fans would probably have a great fondness towards Rory McIlroy due to where the ceiling is of his game, the consistency outside the majors of what he's played, the fact he's, when he's in his full pomp, he's a wonderful player to watch. Because yeah. it's part of me on Sunday, I think this is the first morning event since the Super Bowl where I've stood up beyond 3 a.m. to watch was yeah. Sunday for the final round. Yeah, okay. So again, it takes something special to keep you up. It was very tempting to go to sleep at times it seemed like Wyndham Clark was about to pull away. Yeah. But there was part of me this kind of thing and even after McIlroy played the 14 badly, Maybe there's just that moment of magic in the last few holes where finally something clicks. Maybe he sticks one of his approaches in or he makes a putt. And he always kind of felt that he was capable of it, which kept me awake. And there was, I really, and I'm not a huge Rory McIlroy fan, I wanted him to get that monkey off the back and finally end this conversation. Because next year it's going to be 10 years. Because I opened, I think, the independent the next morning and it it actually on the website had the amount of days it's been since he's won a major. And they're going, can we just like drop that narrative? Why aren't you a
1: huge... Rory McIlroy
3: fan I don't ask
1: that in a, I do like, I just Rory never Mc...
3: really connected with him it had nothing to do with I think for a lot of people it was the Olympics and like him maybe not declaring to play for Ireland straight away when yeah. he played for Ireland as an amateur I think that maybe put some people off I never really cared about that Me but I never not. really warmed to McIlroy necessarily as a character but yet as a sportsman and as someone covering sport I find him intriguing most of the time that he opens his mouth but I don't necessarily pull from but I find him pretty interesting. Do you think, um, do you find him like a more sympathetic figure now and that he's had this evolution
1: from yeah. global superstar and almost like beyond us? He was citizen of the world and yeah. planet Nike as opposed to this little island. And he was just uh, the, the golden child. And now uh, he's a very sympathetic figure for several reasons. I but he, he wouldn't like lots of them.
3: I would have been happier for him last weekend in L.A., than I would have been when he seemed to be on a run and destined to win 10 majors back yeah. in 2012. I
0: think a lot of people are feeling that. That's a huge thing. That's what I was going to say. I think some beyond we can be, you know, dismiss people's feelings as being nationalistic and all different things. There's loads of different reasons for it. Like, I mean, when the Caroline Wozniacki and post-Caroline Wozniacki Roy McElroy wasn't appealing to a lot of people. He seemed like he was in a celeb world that was beyond, you know... Ireland or Irish golf or whatever like you know what I mean it's nothing to do with nationality or anything like that it's just like he just didn't seem like now I don't know if that was ever fair I'm just saying that that was the sort of feeling around it whereas I think the Roy McIlroy of the last three or four years even before the live stuff you know he just seems like he is a mature and nice good guy Mm and i think it's coming across more and more all the time and people see it yeah. and people see it in that world of, g- world of golf where you don't have to look too far for a not very nice guy
1: yes i mean it was it was and to be fair as with golf commentary generally because it goes on for so long any observation is repeated 3000 times across the week but it was repeated ad nauseum that he had a more business like focused demeanor and the interpretation of that was uh, fairly obvious to everybody he hates the guys over there in the live team and now pretty much doesn't think much of the guys over there in the PGA Tour team and he's going to start just operating for himself and again I quite liked yeah. seeing that from him as well
0: but you know like I, I agree with you from a sports point of view that's fine but I, I actually don't think he'd have it in him to just be like that now and, and I think that's ultimately a good thing even if it does cost him what was the name of the guy in the PGA the, the, the local the, the, the tour the non-tour professional the club professional is the word I was looking for there Michael Block yeah, Block. It was brilliant. And and McRoy was playing. People with
1: said him. He, people said they'd never forget his name. <laughs> 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 oh, a do you know what? I
0: was here for another hour, I wouldn't remember <laughs> it. But uh, he was uh, he was playing McRoy was it, on the yeah. Sunday and yeah. you know, he he birdied the eighteenth or whatever he did. And Rory reaction for him and when he got the nearly got the hole in one he did get the hole in one didn't he and Rory again was like the guy who was like front and centre that's all real you know what I mean that's not put on Rory gave him a a reception on the 18th uh, green that I don't think anybody else in the tour would have given him Mm. and he's probably the biggest star on the tour Mm. you know I think that comes across you watch enough golf over time
1: it's hard not to like the guy you know I think it's more more that than you know nationality or anything no I think you're right I think most people recognise a very basic decency there Yeah. when it comes to McElroy. But I don't remember Michael Block, sorry about that. <laughs> you do now. Let's take a very short break. Or now. We have uh, more to get to. Manny Stephen-Kenny emails in, as you might imagine. This is A Slight Tangent with Arthur O'Dea, Michael McCarthy and Willow Callan. You're welcome, Mac. Uh, stony silence during the ad break there between the four of us here in A Slight Tangent. This is where uh, myself and Mick and Will and Arthur chat through stories of the week. So Stephen Kenny, undoubtedly, uh, maybe the story of the week. By the way, Angus in touch to say, lads, I found the PDF from the DCU uh, website. 270 pages. <laughs> is it 270 pages?
2: Yeah, probably there. Now there's... Oof, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
1: Academic pages, though. It's all double spaced, there, isn't it? Like, yeah. Double
2: spaced or not. It's the guts of 90,000 words. All right. I make of that what you will. Like, it's not completely unmanageable. No, like a
1: short novel is 50.
2: Yes, yeah, so it's not—it's not too bad. Probably about ten pages of citations as well. If you're interested, if you're legitimately interested in Bob Dylan, I can't see why you wouldn't be enjoying enjoying it. i,
1: I have no doubts. It's uh, yeah, yeah. But look, it's showing Dr. O'Day a bit of respect <laughs> in the <this> Stam <damn> room. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Has Bob Dylan ever read it? That's what I want to know. Wouldn't say so. What's the? I uh, know. Actually, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> why didn't you ask him this during the ad break? It's a tangent too far. <laughs> So, Stephen Kenny, a a whole array of emails in, I guess. Everybody has strong opinion on the Irish football team, I think, more so than most sporting pursuits. For instance, Gary and Sligo, hi, Joe and team, long time first time. After Friday night's horror show in Athens, can you guys discuss, did the media talk affect the manager selection with the group set up as it was most in the media, yourselves at OTB included, pegged Friday as must win? I personally think Stephen Kenny believed it too. Would it not have been more prudent to go to Athens for a point, back yourself to beat Greece at home, do the same against the Dutch and see where you are in November? Again, seems to me Steve Kenny was made believe he had to win Friday, while in reality, bettering Greece and matching Holland was the real trick that he missed. Somebody else uh, texted in to say, I don't want to revel in it, but is a League of Ireland manager ever going to get another chance at the Ireland job after Kenny? I like him but he was tactically outclassed by Gus Poyet. Then again, would we be happy with Gus Poyet as our manager? Probably not. What does that tell us? Says Carlin, (laughs) did Yeah, I don't know. It does feel, I have to say, after Friday, like that was pretty much a fatal blow and this is the beginning of the end, one way or another. And I take no joy in that because whilst I was very disappointed with Friday, and I think, and we'll get into it with Dan and Gab, more detail after nine, the formation to begin with was uh, dicey, considering Greece are a possession-based side. Their formation, it was likely that they were going to dominate on the flanks. And then once that transpired, management didn't change anything until half time. At that stage, Ireland were very lucky to be one all could have been 3-4-1. That doesn't bode well for the future. So, uh, you know, I was really disappointed with it. It's very, you know, it's hard to make the case too strongly for Stephen Kenny after that international window. However, for me, that doesn't overly negate a, negate a whole bunch of things. I think he's like carried himself with a, like a, a dignity I've liked. Uh, Gav Cooney earlier on made the point, it's, it's nice to have someone whose dream job is the Ireland job and he's, he's really approached it that way. You'd have no doubt that he's working 24 seven on everything. I mean, they have a tip off routine, for God's sake. And he's brought through a whole host of young players. The next man in will owe him a debt because all of these young players now have 15, 20 caps. And like most and and the football is so much better. I mean, it was despicably bad under O'Neill at times and under McCarthy most recently, like really bad. We would do all the matches at home. You'd be there at the TV Stadium. It was like depressing. And Shane Duffy would eventually score the equaliser, but it was just awful. And it was it was going nowhere, really. And Stephen Kenny has imbued the thing with a bit of life and they're trying to do things. And so if this is the end, I really hope it doesn't get silly. I hope he's not harangued out of office. I hope people show him a bit of respect. If it is, like I said, at the end, he deserves massive round of applause at the end of it, because I like so much about what he did. And it's just a pity that final piece, the results haven't matched so much about the tenure. That will be my sense of where we are. Dr O'Dea.
2: <laughs> no, um, you kind of broadly agree with you. I, like, I don't think it can be I think it's very kind to look at it that way at the same time, to kind of say, like, it's enforced the results didn't happen. Ultimately, that's that's his main job, to make yeah. the results happen. So it's kind of, if everything isn't in service of that, I don't think he saw himself as a makeshift for someone else. I think he saw himself as he was the guy to achieve this. So I don't think he'll take much satisfaction. Maybe maybe he will, but it's certainly not going to uh, cover up anything for him in terms of whenever he does leave. Yeah. But I don't know. It's a pretty big pass, I no, think just to kind of go
1: quite a quite a significant minimisation on my part of oh <laughs> the results weren't good. <laughs> but uh, yeah. over to you, Arthur. <laughs> no, it's 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 a pretty big deal that the results weren't yeah. good. I, there was it's a not long, not even really phase. close. To be fair, like
2: awful results, like some trad, like not uh, not tragically awful, some historically Less awful results, almost, You yeah. know, like yeah. which. I don't know if that needs to happen when you were doing what he was. I don't know. It it doesn't seem like there has to be a payoff that you lose some of those games just because of your yes. re-upping the team, which was necessary. No one's taken that away from him. It absolutely was necessary, but like, I don't think they're much mutually exclusive necessarily. The more we suffer, the higher we'll go. There's <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, <laughs> a lot of character building going on. You
0: mentioned in the news round, Joe, that like being one all at halftime at Greece is probably the first bit of like results uh, mm. look that we've had on, under Kenny, and that I think that was a fair point. But actually, you also said something there that piqued my interest when you said that like under... Uh, O'Neill and McCarthy we were going nowhere and we were like I I, <laughs> I would <laughs> subscribe to that more than anyone I would say right uh, but Euro 2016 aside but I would also no. Uh, by, by the time it, we, we, yeah. it, it was ending yes but I would also argue are we going anywhere now because these performances in this better football like mm. I do agree that there's a, probably a more positive outlook and there's a belief in the players and but the problem is that isn't the end game. That's the starting point. You know what I mean? Like that's like the the the, the caveman stuff is gone. We've moved on from it. But now we have to see a lot more. And uh, this and it's not results. I mean, the Greek performance was the worst Ireland performance in years. Yeah. And, you know, okay, we played well against France and we were lucky not to get a draw, and that's fine, but how Ireland are going to get back to some sort of reasonable place in international football is by beating Greece and by beating you know tier three nations on a regular basis and may and then hoping that we have these good performances against France and stuff like that and for me I don't I feel like we're worse off now than we were uh, two years ago I feel like that we're our ability to qualify is completely and utterly gone, unless we get lucky in a Nations League way, you know, and relying on, I think it was a 25% chance of us qualifying, of us getting into these playoffs, and then even then it's a semi-final and final. It's like a Rory McIlroy you know? put from 30 feet. <laughs> exactly, you know. Um Now that might improve or whatever, but like, our chance of qualifying out of groups is basically gone, and... Two games in. And, that's, and, and this
2: has happened twice in a row now, like, so... Do you know feeling uh, kind of excited at all with Ferguson being thrown into that mix? I suppose I was supposed to where we were two years ago.
0: Yeah, but I was, watching, I was thinking about this with Evan Fergus. I'm so excited about him and then I'm also saddened by I don't know how he's going to fulfil any kind of potential in the green jersey at the moment. Like, you know, thinking about that last night, it was like
3: you can't do it on your own, especially as a forward player. In Greece, like, it was such a contrast to the supply he gets at Brighton where Evan Ferguson gets that chance to go in behind and where there's a good quality ball coming into him he was lost not for his own fault at times in Athens because the ball just wasn't coming up to him. Yeah.
0: Look, I, I, I this isn't me saying, you know, can you or anything like that. I, I, I'm I, happy to leave it till the end of the campaign and, and I ultimately don't think yeah. that the manager, like, I think we make way too much of it and we talk about the manager and we talk about it, even about the senior team far too much, right? Because there's much bigger issues. Why don't we have this? the group of players? Why is it the worst group of players that we've ever seen as Liam Brady said? You know, and a lot of that, like, n- no change of manager is going to make any difference to that. But at the same time, if we are going to have that conversation, I think, as much as I completely agree there should be respect and that there should be some note of the good things that's been done, I also kind of think, like, I don't know I'm starting to think it's going nowhere I felt like on a Friday night there was a very I would say a dark night when you realise that all this talk of but it's all going to come together yeah. felt like nonsense after about 10 minutes on Friday night you're going well when is it going to come together because it's not getting any better
1: no there is that I, his 33rd game in three and a half years in the most pivotal match of his tenure it was a hell of a time to have your worst performance
3: yeah we didn't need to build that up to go back to the listeners email it wasn't down to the media saying everyone knew this was make or break that's why the players who were not he, involved in the well, championship he's
1: saying maybe it wasn't must win should we gone for a draw it's like make or break
3: we actually nah. should come back to
0: that because i think that's a weird mentality like it's like the media does whatever the manager like maybe he picked the a two attacking side but this idea of playing for a point or playing for a win, you play surely you just play the best matchup that you can to try and go out and play a match. Going playing for a nil all draw would have been just as bad, if not worse. Yeah. Do you know? It was just that it was he he tactically got it completely arseways. And I think that that was obvious, you know, to see. And it doesn't matter whether that was a positive approach or a negative approach.
3: We can get too hung up on that sort of stuff. I think Stephen Kenny would admit himself he's probably been <clears> a bit too tactically <throat> inflexible in these games as well. So, obviously against Gibraltar, you could see with the way they were setting up, if you watched the France game they played recently, they weren't going to carry that threat where you needed three central defenders on the pitch at the same time. Ireland needed someone to get in the ball further up in midfield and you could sacrifice one of those players. I thought starting no doubt in Athens was the wrong choice. He should have played McLean there. And before the game, I think a lot of people felt that way. We weren't in Turkey though, or we weren't in Bristol where they had this long training camp coming into it. But everyone knew that the two games against Greece were make or break. Greece are already in a position where they've got a Nations League playoff going into this. I, As poor as the Dutch have been, I still would fancy the Dutch to pick up enough results to be in the top two and France should win this group. So as a result, I don't think Garland could really rely on let's go try and play for a draw um, dourly in Athens and then hope to beat them at home. I think you have to go out to try and win both of those. And so
1: what's your sense of Kenny? Where is he?
3: I, I don't think he lasts beyond this campaign because I think it was about qualifying for Euro 2024 whatever way that came about, whether it was through the group or whether it was through the playoffs, I think it's very unlikely they're going to get into a playoff situation when I look at, particularly I think Dan had it up recently, the teams that would need to not be in decent places for us to actually get in there is very, very low. Mm -hmm. And I just, it's very hard, I think, for Stephen Kenny to argue at this point if he was to go in with his employers and say, give me another campaign. I know he says that he feels that he's the guy to bring the team forward to the next World Cup cycle as opposed to this Euros, but He's had a long period now and as Nathan said on Friday night, it's felt like there's been so many false dawns. You look at the performances against teams like Belgium, Portugal, even the France game where Ireland uh, played very, very well. And then you have to think Luxembourg, the game in Yerevan, the game in Athens, where there was a lot on the line and where Ireland had to deliver and they haven't done so for the last few years. Look, like, I never ascribed to the idea that Stephen Kenny should be given on amount of time. That seemed to come out a few times, uh, this idea that, well, you know, the football is so good. We're going to have things along the way and the Luxembourg result will happen. I think he knows, I think his entire coaching team would know that he's going to be judged over the course of a campaign. And the reality is, unless something remarkable happens from here, there's very little chance that Ireland will be converting this into qualification for the next tournament.
0: Mm. It's an insane group. I think it's only yeah. fair
3: to say that. Like the draw... Yes, it when, it when, Yeah, but it is though, Arthur. If you it's look not. at Greece
0: the best fourth place team. We've got the best team and the Dutch are probably... Right, the they're don't not well. well. We haven't played them yet, right? So we don't know what they're going to be like when we play them. But they're potentially the best second place team. Like it was an insane group. But the yeah, problem yeah, is Ireland insane. would have to. If Ireland were going to qualify, they'd at least have to play. There's a good chance we finish fourth in this group. I
1: was surprised they got Greece there, by the way.
0: That's what I mean. Yeah, but so I'm saying. So if we were to, even if we got a good draw, yeah. we'd still have to finish higher than a team of Greece's standard. Yeah. Uh, if they were second seed, say, you know, so um, like. It, it's if we finish fourth, the group argument doesn't stand up at all, you know.
2: Yeah, I don't think. I think it's it's not right to call it an insane group. It's not like that. It's always going to look like that from Ireland's perspective. And even in times when they've been successful, the group has never looked favourable from the outside.
0: So you're, you're not from Ireland's perspective. I'm talking about a we're we're third seeds, and we got a really really good first and fourth seed, and a second seed that are. Like, we'll see how we get on against them. They're not in form at the moment, but they're still Holland-like.
2: Well, my point remains that any time Ireland are going to Ireland... Ukraine, I think, are
0: the second team in England's group, you know?
2: Okay, but still, like, my point is that any time we'll be successful, it will look that way from the outset, that there are going to be teams better than us, and we exceed expectations. Here, we're not even meeting expectations. We're below expectations. If you're going to have to see Well, that's that's my
0: point but like I don't think
2: it's an insane like it's it would have been like a credible third place finish here is not an insane ask from Stephen Kenny. No, and no one would really give out about that. So therefore, it can't be an
0: insane group. No one's qualification, to win it. qualification. Nobody's insane, But sorry, I was answered Will's point of like that it comes down to qualification for Euro 2024. It doesn't. One it does It doesn't,
1: that was always it
0: the tricky thing about this campaign, and that we we'll judge him if he qualifies for the Euros, and then
1: the group no, came uh, out. That
2: wouldn't was, happen well, if we if we'd, we'd lost twice. To, if you lost twice to France, and say you could whatever results against the Netherlands, and bet the rest of the group nobody would be saying, oh, this is a disaster, Kenny out. They'd be mad to say that.
3: Yeah, well. Oh, I still think the FAI I think would you're right the second
0: it. one, but not right the first
2: one. Yeah.
3: People would be saying it. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, but the big problem is though, <laughs> where do the FAI go for the next manager? Oh, I don't know. It's all like, too. They can probably only attract a manager who is on a championship salary right now, if even that. If even that. You don't have private benefactors here anymore to bring in a Trapattoni or O'Neill and Keane. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure what people are expecting when it comes to that. No, I
1: I think people are realistic as well on that front.
0: Surely so 42,000 people in the Aviva last night. I know you had to buy the Dutch tickets with it, but, you know, there's a chance people wouldn't turn up. Well, exactly. I think Kenny still has a
3: lot of support. Huge amount of support, support out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, we haven't done the RTE corner in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Who do I have to give out about now? Well, I'm, it's more I'm a, this will be things. more of a nostalgic, wistful, ah, the good old days as Liam Brady bet Yeah. Final nail in the coffin, you said.
0: <laughs> Joe <laughs> Get me in trouble With making things up here
1: I don't think we've even Talked about this uh, no. uh,
0: I think it's um, Yeah I was sort of sad A little bit last yeah. night I have to say There just felt like a, The year is long over mm. Let's face it But you know You still got Elements of it With Liam um, Yeah we just I suppose I as much as anybody else And we all Need to just like Get on with it And move on with the times And realise that The panels ain't what they were but I did watch, um, I don't know, did one of you send it to me? I watched... I, I watched... Uh, <laughs> I watched uh, Venger. finger this oh, morning. Someone
3: like, must, did someone put it in the group or something? It might have been, yeah. I watched it oh too this morning. Oh my God.
0: And do you know what? It's It was always there in the top 10. It was but sick. I'd have Venables ahead of it. I'd have uh, Rod Little ahead of it. <laughs> Jeez, it jumped up this morning. It was brilliant. It was in that can. It was, uh, th- but it was actually Liam's part that was brilliant. Like, wor- like the word he chose when he was giving out about it, was an amazing word. Diabolical.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah.
0: He said that was diabolical, <laughs> diabolical. Sort of to pick the John Cleese footy walks.
3: As <laughs> I forgot that rant at the moment where he goes, you jumped over the fence, baby, at the end. Oh, of the yeah. Actually, that's that was the famous that. line. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. then he said, we can do our analysis any way we want. Like he's <laughs> Yeah, so your
0: idea last week about it was just playing clips from dumpy panels. I think. Oh yeah, I, I think, think, we, I think do it, yeah. we
1: we we're gonna do a slight tangent where we play their best ten. For that. Yeah, it might even be just another hour of the show where we. Do, oh yeah. Yeah. And analyse them afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, next week. It's obviously cheap and cheerful radio, but it'll probably be the best thing we do all
3: year. <laughs> Brady's retirement did lead to a, a wonderful quote I saw on the end of this morning, though. Oh, yeah. Which is, quote, the Brady, or sorry, that Brady also admitted last Friday he didn't know much about Mikey Johnson was hardly as relevant, despite the pressing angst of a select horde of pointy headed nerds on social media. And yet their seemingly more urgent demands are deemed to hold more sway. Who wrote that? It was David Kelly in The Independence. Right. One. I'd want to say Rod Little when you said that, but um, yeah, I thought that was kind of bizarre. <laughs> pointy-headed nerds who I think he said in, I think he said more in Ireland I, this past now when he was talking to
2: Gavin earlier he was saying I think he said more in Ireland or somewhere that he just doesn't love football anymore
1: oh he said it on use it one okay okay yeah that's quite sad the sports washing the yeah. money the social media the general noise around the modern game has left him fairly indifferent to it all which I can sort of can understand that Liam yeah. Let's dig into Chelsea's finances next I, week on the show. Yeah. I don't have a great problem with him saying I don't know loads about Mikey Johnson personally. That's
0: fine. That's fine. He's
1: I, done I, I, his time. I don't really.
0: Oh no, people get so worked up about things like that and they always have they've done it with John for years and it's like but he still can see a game of football and tell us yeah. what's happening and give you that different perspective. Why do you always need your pundit to be exactly the same as the other pundit and have the most stats and figures and all? We have, you know, I I always don't understand why we don't want the kind of eclectic collection of yeah, people like who see the
1: games differently yeah, and, it's good to have yeah. both but you, you would trade oh yeah, absolutely Chapter both. and Verse and Mikey Johnson for a strong opinion afterwards yeah. mm. exactly. better TV maybe
2: exactly no doubt about that
1: we are once again out of time so my thanks to Will and Mick and Arthur that was for the fifth time in a row A Slight Tangent can we match the dubs is the question next week uh, A Slight Tangent at offtheball.com is where you'll get us thanks lads